You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. Tracy Hoyt is the head women's basketball coach for the University of Missouri, Kansas City, at least for now. I'm not saying she's leaving anytime soon because she just signed a four-year extension, but someone with this much talent is likely to be at the top of a lot of coaching lists. Hoyt played high school basketball for her mom, and she was a three-time All-State selection in basketball as well as in volleyball. She played college basketball at Wichita State, where she also graduated magna cum laude. She worked her way up the coaching ranks quickly before being named the head coach at Kansas City prior to the 2017-2018 season. In her third season, she led the Roos to the WAC regular season title, the first regular season conference title in program history, before the WAC tournament and obviously the potential NCAA tournament bid were taken away by COVID. She has all the signs of a future superstar in the coaching world. So coach, welcome to Sports Connections. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. So let's talk about the growth of the UMKC program in your first four years. What are some of the highlights for you? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, uh, the the season that you had mentioned, you know, when we won our conference, um, that was the first time in school history. And so that was something that we were really proud of. Um, when my staff and I first got here, um, that was something that we knew on day one that we wanted to change. And that really um, was a springboard for the way that we recruited and the way that we coached. And, you know, we, we knew that we were uh, setting out to make history. And so the fact that we did that um, was really special to us. Um, but, you know, it's really just the young women who have come through here and everything that they've done and, and the ways that they've grown as players and as people and gotten their degrees and, you know, all those things. That, that's really what it's about for us. I, I hate to oversimplify it. You can't really summarize three seasons in a couple of paragraphs, but you did that very quickly. You you won the, the school's first conference championship in three years. How do you build a program that quickly? Well, it's not easy. Um, it's It's hard, hard work every single day. And that's one of the things that I've learned as a leader is, um, I mean, you've got to put the pedal to the metal and you cannot let up. And the second that you do, someone's probably coming for you. So um, just a lot of work, but I think the most important thing is just finding the right people, you know? And so whether that's the staff um, that I've surrounded myself with, um, amazing people, high character people, people who get it, people who are experienced and um, just are so good at supporting me and helping me be at my best and our players be at our best. Um, And then of course the right players and, you know, not every player that we recruited in that first couple years wanted to come to a program that really wasn't established yet. So that was, that was something that we really had to be intentional about was finding those players that really wanted to do something for the first time and were willing to, you know, bet on, bet on me, bet on this program, bet on themselves. Um, and that's exactly what we did. And um, to see that pay off for them and, and that, that belief, man, I mean, there, there's never been anything like it. It's, you know, there were so many stories like yours um, in both men's basketball, women's basketball, and really all of college sports that year. I, I follow uh, men's college basketball probably closer than I do women's basketball. And I think of like the, the Obi Toppins at Dayton you know, there's going to be probably a number one seed and San Diego state was going to be a number one seed first time ever. 
and it got taken away. How hard was it for you guys to regroup and, and say, okay, this is, this is what happened. Here's where we go from here. Well, honestly, I don't know that I'll ever recover. Um, I mean, it, it was heartbreaking. Um, I, I've never had to give a tougher speech to a group of players than when they canceled that tournament. Um, yeah. that, that, that was really hard. Um, I think I stayed in bed for about two or three days after that, you know, and, and it was just draining. It was exhausting. Um, it was hard, but at the same time, um, there's always that perspective that, you know, life goes on and obviously there are much, much bigger things going on than the game of basketball. So of course, you know, we, we took all that in stride. Um, but it has been, I think, um, just a great motivator for the players that we have that were a part of that team. Um, I think that there are things about that season and the way that it ended that I know helped me as a leader to never take things for granted again and to really just be in the present because um, today is not promised. And, um, you know, I mean, that was like just something you only see in the movies. Right. And we've been living it for a year and a half now. Um, But I I would say that it's made me a better coach um, just for those reasons, because I'm able to be much more in the present now and appreciate um, just the time that I get with our players. So you had a little bit of a down year last year. What's next for your program? You're now in year five. That probably doesn't seem possible, first of all. What's no. next for the UMKC basketball program? Yeah, my time has gone so fast here. Um, but I think, um, you know, you said that we had a down year, and I think that relatively speaking, um, if you look at our record, it, it might look that way. Um, but honestly, we exceeded expectations. I mean, we got picked sixth in this new conference in the summit league conference and finished fourth. And, um, that is something to be so proud of in this conference because my goodness, as far as women's basketball goes, I mean, it's one of the best in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when you've got South Dakota and South Dakota state who, you know, the last five years have been in the top 25 and, and both of them got in the tournament the last few years, um, finishing fourth, isn't all that bad. So, um, you know, but it, it was hard. Um, and the reason it was really hard was because last year was, was never, um, consistent in any way, shape and form. And so, you know, right now, for example, I've been working on practice plans and, um, we're in our preseason. And when I was looking back at this time last year, I mean, we had half of our team quarantined, you know, we had shut down after shut down. Um, there was nothing consistent in terms of practice or, um, being together and building that team chemistry um, that really allowed us to be consistent on the court in games. Um, so I, I, to be honest, I probably did my best coaching job last year. And um, of course it doesn't show up on paper, but um, it was tough. It was really tough. And so I'm not down about last year. Um, I'm super competitive. So of course I want to win those games. Um, but I think that it left a taste in our mouth that, you know, we don't want to have a year like that again. We want to, we want to make some noise and get back to who we were. Um, and I believe that we will. So you, you believe that you're close to competing with the South Dakotas and South Dakota States, even in the 21, 22 season. Yeah, I do. I do with all my heart. Um, and our players do more importantly. And, um, we really had the, probably the best of 
both worlds last year um, in terms of the transfer portal that everyone talks about. And of course, everyone got an extra year of eligibility due to COVID. So where we were able to capitalize was we had all of our best players return um, that we were really excited about and I think speaks volumes to our culture. Um, mm -hmm. But also we're able to pick up some really nice transfers. So I think once we blend those two, um, I'm excited. I think that they're incredibly motivated and, um, you know, just have that perspective that I was talking about before that this is kind of a blessing that we get this, this year together. Um, so I think good things are on the horizon. Okay. Now, I'm sorry to put you on the spot right off with my prediction of being lured away <laughs> by a big time program, but you have to have heard the speculation that Kansas city UMKC won't be able to keep you long-term. How do you keep your focus on your current team? Honestly, it's really easy. Um, I've had great mentors in my life um, who are constantly, you know, checking me and, and holding me accountable and um, that I've got to learn from of it, what to do and what not to do. Um, and it's also really easy because I love this team. I, I love being in the gym with them. Um, I love their belief in, in me and this program and everything that we're doing. Um, my husband and I just got a beautiful home that we love and absolutely love living in Kansas city. I mean, I always say if I wasn't coaching, I would probably live in Kansas city just because, um, I don't think there's a better city out there, but, um, so no, I'm, I'm super rooted here, you know, a Kansas girl at heart and to have my family down the road, being able to come to games and my husband's family. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of personal reasons and there's a lot yeah. of professional reasons that are keeping me here, you know, but I think that if you, I think if you really study coaches and I'm, I'm always trying to learn. And, um, if you really pay attention, you know, it, it's the ones who either get caught up it too far in the future or they get content and they focus on their past and then they're not able to continue, you know, getting better. And so it really goes back to just being in the present and being the best that you can be each and every day. And uh, that's what I'm really focused on right now. Um, I don't want you to give away any secrets, but have you been approached by power five schools? Um, yeah, I mean, Yes and no. I mean, again, I, I don't even really, I kind of, I, I've never been one to really feel the need to talk about that. You know, I, yeah. I think that um, my work always speaks for itself and it will continue to do that. Um, I kind of, we had a Kevin Eastman come talk to our team last week and, and he was phenomenal. Um, I would really encourage any coach of anything to, to listen to him. Um, but he gave this, uh, he gave this talk about, you know, how in the NBA, when, when you get to that level, nobody really talks about what they did in college. And, um, that's kind of just, you know, they're going to get made fun of because of that, once you've reached that point, like everyone's doing that, you know, yeah. and that's kind of how I view coaching. And it's just like, I think that some of those coaches who maybe are putting all of their, uh, all of their business out there trying to brag about the different schools. Um, that's kind of how I view that, you know? So, I, I just am putting my head down and, and working where I'm at. And, and I didn't want to put you on the spot. Um, and I understand, I, you know, I know you well enough. And, and you know, we have a, a connection that has me locked into UMKC women's basketball, who's 
who keeps saying, we got to do whatever we can to keep her here. So that, that's where that comes from. And I know that there's people in, in the media in Kansas City that say, the third year she won the conference championship. She's got the background at playing at a major school, coaching as an assistant at a major school. The question had to be asked. I appreciate uh, <laughs> your honesty with that. And, and as, a, as a loyal Kansas Cityan, uh, I'm thrilled to hear that you're happy here because we want to keep you here uh, forever. Um, part of the building a program is, is rebounding from uh, disappointing seasons. You talked a little bit about, you know, it wasn't as disappointing as the record showed. Um, but part of it is rebuilding or rebounding from, from hardships. How do you do that as a head coach when you're probably, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're probably down yourself. How do you encourage your players to say, okay, let's learn from that and move on? Yeah. Great question. Um, because it's really hard. And I think everyone wants that instant fix that, you know, that instant gratification. And, um, that's just not how life works. That's not how sports work. Um, one of our core values is, is having a growth mindset. And so we talk daily about, you know, just learning from our, our mistakes or failures and, um, using those to propel us to get better. Um, so I think a, a big part of it is just having that growth mindset when things don't go your way. Um, but it's also been incredibly motivating for us. I mean, we mm -hmm. had shirts made, we, we've lost, um, I believe four or five games by five points or less. And so, you know, you, you swing those a couple possessions here and there and, and our season is totally different and our players know that. And so it's been really motivating. And I think, um, encouraging to know that you're right there. You know, it's different when you're just getting beat by 20 or 30 points, but that that's not the case for us. Right. Um, we're right there. And so I think it was um, just a great learning opportunity for everyone, including myself. And um, everything that we preach to our players is about process and not focusing on outcomes, but rather the process of it. And so I would be a hypocrite if I didn't hold myself to those same standards that I'm preaching to our players. So it's really important just to focus on that process. It, it's interesting you bring that up. One of my one of my good friends is Bill Snyder, the, the retired football coach at Kansas State. And when he was just getting things going, uh, I did a book about his uh, his program, and he said our goal is not to build a top twenty five team. Our goal is to build a top twenty five program, and it's all about process. You might have a winning season, but if you haven't set things in place to build on that, you're going to fall apart the next year. So process, just expand on that a little bit. What do you mean by process in building a winning program? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think that, um, first of all, you know, what he's saying is is so true. And I, I am a huge fan as well, of course, for my time at K-State. Um, I really um, am so thankful for some of the things I got to learn because we were there at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think uh, a couple things, I think what he was talking about the program, um, we have a, a saying that we say all the time, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we really try and, and preach that, um, not just on the court, but in terms of, um, being the best student they can be and being the best citizen of the community that they can be. And, and just understanding that, you know, you are you are either getting better or worse every single day with every choice that you make. And um, we talk a lot about making uncommon choices, you know, choosing the hard path, choosing the path that maybe isn't that popular or, or fun. 
Um, but knowing that that's always leading us to those results and that outcome that we want. So I think um, process is just trusting that as long as you're giving it everything that you've got and giving giving things your absolute best, that um, things will happen like they're supposed to. And that's hard because sometimes you're going days and weeks and months doing the right things and, and you might feel like you don't have anything to show for it, but um, it's really about who you're becoming. And um, I'm really proud of, you know, where I'm at and where our program is at. And I believe that we'll continue to do that. And, and I'm, I like hearing you talk about the, the, the whole person, the student athlete, the student part of that and the citizen, because, you know, even if, even if you were at a, Power Five con, uh, a program that was winning or competing for national championships, a majority of your athletes aren't going to play professionally. At, at the mid-major level, you might get a professional player every four or five years. It's so much more than just teaching them to play better basketball, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am a prime example of that. I I mean, I, when I was in high school and college, I was the poster child for ball is life. You know, it was, yeah. it was, that's all I cared about. And, um, I kind of had a rude awakening and, um, God kind of opened my eyes and, and humbled me a little bit, um, through some adversity or injuries that I had to go through. And, um, even though I, I don't like the way that my playing career ended with some of those injuries. I am very thankful because I think that it gave me um, perspective to make me a better coach and understand that you do need to take a holistic approach and this game is going to end at some point in time. And, and we don't know when that is. And right. um, so I really take a lot of pride in, in trying to prepare my players each and every day for when that time comes. You've talked about mentors uh, through this. I, I'm guessing because I've talked to you enough and I haven't asked this specific question, but I'm guessing you say, who's your coaching mentor, who the first name will be that comes to mind. So I'll pre I'll pre I'm not going to tell you, but I'll give you the thumbs up. If I agree with, if I, if I was right, predicting, who is your primary coaching mentor? My primary coaching mentor would be my mother, Shelly Boyd. <laughs> that was predictable. That was an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. Why, no. why is she, why is she the, the mentor? Besides, obviously, you know, you're in a, you're in a results business. So right. success has a lot to do with it, but I'm guessing that's not a, not the most important part. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, everyone wants to talk about their moms. Um, and so I, I will do that, but it's important to note that I'm, I'm focused on the coach in her and, and she's wearing that coach hat when I say these things, but um, I've never been around someone who was so great at getting the most out of people and helping people feel so special and um, so important. And I, I watched her do that all throughout, you know, my childhood. And um, I think that when you have that ability to, to get the most of people and help people believe in themselves in a way that maybe they couldn't have um, if you weren't speaking that life and, and motivating them in such a way. Um, I mean, you know, everyone wants, my mom won 107 games in a row. 
um, at the high school level, 107. That's, that's, I'm sorry, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and she had four state titles within that run. And, um, of course she's won a lot more games than that. And, you know, had state finishes and stuff, but, um, the things that people don't realize is that she did that, um, with no division one basketball players on the floor. And I just, I think that's so important to note because a lot of coaches are successful, but they maybe just inherit, you know, a good group of players or talent. And, and she did, don't get me wrong, but she, uh, she got the most out of those players and she always does. She always has. And um, I think that, you know, being here at UMKC, um, you, you have to be able to do that. I mean, it, it's a little mm -hmm. bit of an underdog mentality and um, having to work a little bit harder for things. And, and she taught me how to have that work ethic. And she taught me um, no one's ever going to feel sorry for you and, and to never play the victim uh, to anything, whether that's officials or being on the road or a player gets hurt. Um, you know, maybe you don't have as many resources as someone. It, nobody cares. At the end of the day, you just got to work. And um, I watched her do that my whole life and um, the, the confidence that she has instilled in me and um, just watching her as a, a female, especially in the beginning of her career when it, it's getting better now, but, you know, a very male driven sport and profession and to watch her hold her own as a female and uh, a pretty dang good one, you know, a pretty dang successful one. Um, I'm just so thankful for the way that she taught me to be fiery and really just embrace that about myself. So you, you bring up a, an expression and I didn't, I wasn't prepared for this question, but it, but it comes to mind after you said that, are you a, are you a fiery coach? I'm not talking about a Bob Knight fiery, but I'm talking about a Bill Self fiery maybe, or, or, you know, uh, Pat Summit fiery who, you know, she, if things aren't going her way, the, the team's going to know it. The refs are going to know it. whatever the situation, things within your control, you're going, your intensity is going to shine through. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just passion to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how to not be passionate. Um, I hate, hate, hate to lose. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to help our team win and uh, get the most out of them. And, and um, that's part of the reason I just love our team right now is they all share that with me. So um, yeah, I just call it lit passion. <laughs> lit passion. That's a good way of doing it. Okay. Um, and we talked about what you learned from your mom that you used in your coaching. What have you learned from the other coaches for whom you either played or coached? I, I love this because um, there's so much and um, just bits and pieces from every coach that I've been around um, that I, you know, ha have learned from them and and sometimes, like I said earlier, it's maybe realizing what you don't want to do um, and not because it's wrong, but just because that's maybe not you or, or yeah. your personality. Um, the coach that probably outside of my mom has had the most influence on me um, is the one that I played for in college at Wichita State and then worked for at the University of Nevada. Her name is Jane Albright, and um, she was the best uh, people person. And she, she let every single player that she's ever, um, you know, been, been able to coach just every player always knew that she cared about them as a person first. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of that, I think that she was able also to, you know, really pull something out of kids. Um, 
she had a, a philosophy that she passed on to me called kingdom coaching. And, um, as a strong believer, um, it, with her faith and in Christ, um, she really instilled that in me and she helped me kind of understand how to marry that competitive, fiery, you know, person with, Hey, you know, we, we can do this, but we can also serve at the same time. And, um, she just really helped me with that. I think of kind of that balance and, and knowing that you can do both and you can still be really great. Um, so she taught me a lot. And like I said, she was just great with people. She was great with the fans. She was great when it came to marketing and getting people there and fundraising. Um, she taught me a lot about some of those things that maybe, you know, aren't always visible on the court, but still right. a huge part of running a program. So let's talk about that, that kingdom coaching that you were that you mentioned to a young coach who's just getting involved, who's who is told winning is everything and recognizing that that's not the case. But knowing that, especially if you get into the college ranks, uh, if you don't win consistently, you're not going to keep your job. How, how do you how do you marry those Well, I think that you can still do everything you can to help your team win um, while having integrity. And I think that that's where a lot of people kind of, you know, go the wrong direction. And, and I understand that because the pressure is there. The pressure is very real. Um, there's no denying that, but, um, I do think that it's, it's possible. And there's a lot of coaches who do it. And, um, I take pride in being one of those coaches and, um, you just got to do the right things. Um, but you can't just do them. Sometimes you have to do them all the time. And, and that's hard. Um, but it, it, if you want to be that person and that coach that, you know, I say that I want to be, then that's just the standard that I have to have for myself. And um, I definitely think it's possible. Okay. Now I've got three questions for you. The, the third, third from the last is I'm not saying where <laughs> we've already addressed that. What is the future for Coach J.C. Hoyt? Well, the, the future for me, um, I, I can't tell you where I'm going to be. I can't tell you the, the year or anything like that. But what I can tell you is that um, I'm, I just want to be able to impact my players' lives in a way that um, is obvious, um, not just in wins and losses, because I mean, don't get it wrong. I, I want to win, you know, yeah. I like, I'm not, I'm, I'm a, a believer and I'm all those things and I'm going to have integrity, but man, I want to win. And, uh, so I, I think just putting my mark, um, on, on anywhere that I'm at, um, in such a way that, you know, it's, it's reflected in, in our record and what we're doing on the court, but that's just the, the, compounding of all the things that we're doing within our program, just like we talked earlier, you know? So I think, um, just winning in the classroom, winning on the court. Um, it's, it's always a personal goal of mine to send every player out of here with their degree and a whole lot of confidence, um, confidence to go, um, impact lives and, um, you know, confidence to be to be a boss with whatever they decide to go into whatever field that looks like confidence to ask for a raise if they deserve a raise or you know fight for that promotion I mean that's really important to me and um, I've had amazing women who have poured into me that way and so that's that's really important for me and I think that it's all connected I think that when you do all those things 
and you get confidence from working hard and studying the game and being the best that you can, um, then good things will happen to you. And um, that's that's really my whole goal for my players. Okay, I'm not going to ask you how old you are because that's one impolite, two not really <laughs> not really very smart. Uh, but let's. I'm guessing you're in your early 30s. Um, is that am I close? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, 30 years from now, you're in your early 60s. Are you still going to be coaching? I can't imagine my life doing anything else. Trust me, I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) This job is not perfect every day, just like any job. And I think we all have those times where we're like, man, you know, what else would I be doing? And I always come back to basketball. Um, I I love teaching. I come from a family of educators and Mm -hmm. I consider all coaches teachers. And um, I just think that's in my DNA and um, what I love to do. Okay. You, you talk about family and we talked quite a bit about your mom. Talk about the rest of your family. I know you're married. Uh, talk about your dad, your sisters. Just uh, tell me about them. Yeah. Well, like I said, a family of educators. Um, so my dad um, is a superintendent um, of a, a school out in uh, Eureka, Kansas. And, um, you know, I, I always talk about my mom, right? Because that's I mean, she's everything to me, but, um, she's also, you know, the obvious, uh, person because of basketball and that connection that we have. But, um, I probably have learned maybe even more from my dad in a sense of leadership, um, because he has to lead every day and watching him lead, um, his school district throughout this pandemic and those types of things. I mean, he's been a huge sounding board for me, um, so I'm, I'm really thankful to him for that example that he set for me. Uh, and then my sisters, I, I have three sisters and um, again, all educators. So two of them uh, teach at, at grade schools, um, one in Eureka with my dad, actually. And then another one at um, Humboldt, uh, another small town. We're kind of small town people. Um, but no, just, you know, even man, I, I learned so much from them. And um, sometimes I get frustrated because I think that uh, everyone wants to kind of put the spotlight on on sports figures and coaches and things like that. But watching the behind the scenes of my sisters and their classrooms and um, the way that they teach and impact lives, um, I think they're the real heroes that should be getting all of the attention. Um, so Karina and Tabitha are the two teachers. And then, um, my sister, Taryn is actually here with me at UMKC. Uh, she's a a grad assistant, um, in her second year. And I'll tell you, as far as coaching goes, she is, she's the next big thing. I mean, she's, I think she's going to be the most successful Hoyt girl. Um, she's, she's a rising star. So I'm excited to see what her future looks like too. Okay. And you kind of answered this last question. I always like to wrap up my interviews with this. I've done a a little over a hundred and I asked the same question to everybody kind of answered it with what you plan to do in the future, but here's the question. What's your legacy? Okay. So I did kind of already answer this, but, um, so I don't get in trouble. If my husband ever sees this, I do have to go backwards and give him a shout out real quick. because (laughs) He, he is my rock, um, of a family member. And, um, I think that uh, coaching as a female in this profession is very hard um, because there's just a lot of things that pull um, at females that I don't think the same responsibilities necessarily fall on on men. But 
my husband is so supportive and um, I, I just can't imagine a more supportive person um, of just chasing my my dreams and my goals and, um, you know, just standing behind me with all of that. So I do just have to give him that shout out real yes. quick. Um, but my legacy, um, I think I kind of already answered it is just leaving my mark on each and every one of my players in a way that helps them know that, um, it's important to try your best in everything that you do. Um, and you're not always going to you know, be perfect with that. You're going to fail and you're going to make mistakes, but you can always try. And, um, just striving for that. And, um, as a believer, you know, it's, it's always really important for me to, um, give them some glimpse of Jesus, um, in whatever way that looks like, um, mostly through serving and loving them and, and the way that I live my life. Um, but I think that, um, that far outweighs any game I could win, even though I want to win every game. <laughs> um, I, I think that's the most important thing. And that really helps keep me rooted and, and grounded um, when I'm trying to just serve them and love them through the game. Um, so I, I don't even know if I answered your question, but those are the most important things to me. Yeah, you, you answered it perfectly. So I appreciate that. Uh, are fans going to be allowed in games this year? Yes, that's the goal. So um, be on the lookout. We're about to release our schedule and okay. uh, got a really great one coming up, uh, non-conference and conference. So uh, we hope to have some people in the stands. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely I'll definitely be there. I might I might not be the most composed fan. I might be yelling at the <laughs> officials, but just turn around and give me a dirty look if I cross the line. So no, I like those fans. Bring it on. We need you guys. All right. Well, JC, it's always good to catch up with you. I appreciate your time very much. And I do wish you the best of luck. And I am thrilled to hear that you're going to be in Kansas City for the long term. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.